Good morning, everyone. May the Lord richly bless you. Thank you so much for listening in. And uh, we're going to continue on our topic, Fellowship with God in Prayer. And once again, we just want to invite everyone, if you have prayer requests, if you have testimonies or questions, uh, feel free to share them in any of the social media platforms. Uh, send me a private message on any of those platforms. Or you can also do so at our website. You see that come up down there. And uh, you can do it through the website form, through email. You can also text or make a phone call if you'd like to do it that way. And we will do our best to get back to you as soon as possible. Um, we've, had, we've had a number of prayer requests come in from people, um, both by email, text, uh, phone, phone, phone calls, and we've seen the Lord working in people's lives. And what a, what a precious thing to be involved in that with you. Um, I feel very honored to uh, be a part of God working in your life. So uh, keep them coming. We love to we love to lift these things up before the Lord. Um, there's a lot of needs. I've gotten several um, messages from friends in several different countries in Africa, and uh, I, th I think the, uh, uh, not to say that the virus isn't real, but uh, to say that the uh, shutdowns are uh, more dangerous than the virus itself uh, for most age groups would be probably real, especially in third world countries. Um, I know things are difficult in Pakistan, things are difficult in India, things are difficult in uh, countries across uh, Africa, um, brothers in uh, Mozambique, Ghana, Kenya have reached out to me, uh, letting me know just the difficulties they're facing and the lack of food, and uh, one brother in particular in Mozambique has let me know that there's some great difficulties there that people are starting to die from from hunger and so uh, we want to pray for them and uh, if there's anything uh, that the Lord would lay on anyone's heart we'd be glad to be involved with that as well so uh, we just want to uh, get going with our subject yesterday was fellowship with God in prayer uh, part one, and now we're starting part two, so uh, how do we fellowship with God? Through prayer. How, how do we communicate with God? Through prayer. Uh, it's not, that's not very complicated. That is how, that is how we have our communion. And so as we finished last time, we talked about Jesus Christ. He's our example. We understand he was sinless, perfect Son of God, but he was living in a world marred uh, by sin. He was surrounded by people who were under the effects of sin. He was living in a world where Satan was the prince of the power of the air. And the Bible says that the captain of our salvation was made perfect through suffering. And I believe that 
when we think about that, we can't separate that from the fact that Christ was first and foremost a man of prayer. We, under, we understand that. He prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but thine be done. And so Christ had fellowship with God in prayer. And, you know, we look in the scriptures, there's one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. And so he is our mediator. He is, he is praying for us before God. And, and so we have to understand Christ did nothing unless the Father showed him. He said, I do nothing of my own self, John 5:19, but as the Father has shown me, that I do. And so this is the life of Christ, and we're going to look here in Mark 1:35. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. So Christ took himself out, removed himself from the busyness of life, from the, from the demands of ministry. He went out into a solitary place. He went out into the woods. He went out into... The desert. He went into a cave. Oh, we don't know exactly where he went, but wherever he was, he went to be alone with God. And that's so important. So important. He went to a private place, a solitary place, so that he could fellowship with God. Luke 5:16, and he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. Once again, he goes out to pray. Uh, Luke chapter uh, 11, verse 1. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So Jesus, it was such a mark of his life that he knew how to pray, that it caused his disciples to ask him, teach us to pray. So they could see the impact of his prayers on his life and ministry. And they said, well, we want it too. We want this kind of life too. Teach us to do that too. Luke 6, 12. And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. So this is incredible. We have just there in the book of Luke multiple examples of Jesus going to pray. Uh, it was a huge mark and part of his ministry. And when he when he needed to make uh, key decisions in his ministry during his ministry, he would go into a solitary place and he would spend all night in prayer. And this is so important for us. What is our prayer life? How important is prayer to us? How much time are we spending praying? If the sinless Son of God needed to do so in such a sinful world that we live in, how much do we need to pray? 
Uh, prayer should not be something that we do, that we fit into our schedule. We should fit our schedule into our time with prayer. We need to slow down. Our lives are so busy. Uh, the Bible says, study to be quiet. And what that word there is, study, speaks of being ambitious. Uh, quiet, quiet speaks of be, having a quiet life, um, being away, being away from people, being outside of the rat race, constant moving, constant going. But to have that life that's slowed down, where you can pray, where you can read the Bible, we should order our life in that way. Uh, we're going to continue to read from E.M. Bounds' book, The Power of Prayer. He writes, I ought to pray before seeing anyone. Often when I sleep long or meet with others early, it's 11 or 12 o'clock before I begin secret prayer. This is a wretched system. It's unscriptural. Christ arose before day and went into a solitary place. David says, Early will I seek thee. Thou shalt early hear my voice. Family prayer loses much of its power and sweetness, and I can do no good to those who come to seek from me. The conscience feels guilty, the soul unfed, the lamp not trimmed. Then, when in secret prayer the soul is often out of tune, I feel it is far better to begin with God to see his face first, to get my soul near him before it is near another. And that's uh, quoting Robert Murray McShane. Start your day with prayer. That's the first and most important thing. You start with prayer, and that has an impact and effect on the rest of the day. But if you start with other things and go, then go to prayer, the prayers don't... Um, there's something that seems to hinder it. That's difficult. Matthew 6, 6, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret, and thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Huh. This is our main time of prayer. We go into a secret place. We fellowship with the Lord. We worship Him. We lift our hands and our hearts up to Him. Uh, our main place of praying shouldn't be in a prayer meeting or even in our family prayer. Our main place of praying should be in a private place. Order your day and your life so that is first. Now, I'm going to be quoting Brother Branham here. He says, Now come in, and you Christians don't stay in that lukewarm condition anymore. Lay aside everything. Just get as close to God as you can. Walk with Him. Talk with Him. Let everything else be secondary but your prayer life. Stay right with Him all the time. That's the sermon testimony from 1950. Continuing to read from Brother Branham's sermon. Uh, that's the way the devil does. He will cut you off from prayer meetings. He's done cut the hamstrings right then. You'll pull around from this church to that, and you'll run from here to there. But anytime the devil wants to gobble you up, he's got you under his control. When he cuts your prayer life, brother, you're gone. That's right. When he cuts that thirst off of you and perverts it into the things of the world, he's got you where he wants you. He will let you gobble along until you get to a certain place where you crash your life out 
without God right there. Sure, he will. 1957, thirsting for life. You see that the devil will bring you to the place where uh, he will stop your prayer life. He will do everything in his power to make you distracted, to make you thinking about other things, to make your life going in the other direction, cut you off from prayer, because that's where your power is. Without prayer, you lose your power and strength in this life. So let's continue reading from E.M. Bounton's Power Through Prayer. More time and early hours for prayer would act like magic to revive and invigorate many a decayed spiritual life. More time and early hours for prayer would be manifest in holy living. A holy life would not be so rare or so difficult a thing if our devotions were not so short and hurried. A Christly temper in its sweet and passionless fragrance would not be so alien and hopeless a heritage if our closet stay were lengthened and intensified. We live shabbily because we pray meanly. To pray is the greatest thing we can do, and to do it well there must be calmness, time, and deliberation. Otherwise it's degraded into the littlest and meanest of things. True praying has the largest results for good. Poor praying the least. We cannot do too much of real praying. We cannot do too little of the sham. We must learn anew the wondrous art. We must not give a fragment here and there, a little talk with Jesus, as the tiny saintlets sing, but we must demand and hold with iron grasp the best hours of the day for God and prayer, or there will be no praying worth the name. What a challenge. What a word of, of rebuke, but also encouragement. We want, we want a, a better life, a better prayer life. We want a better uh, impact, effect on the world. We want a better attitude. Well, we pray so little. Uh, prayer is the greatest thing that we can do. The, the largest effect, the largest impact. Our prayers would do more than all of our nagging on our children. If we prayed more for them and prayed for our attitude and prayed for wi- wisdom, what would happen in their lives? What would happen in our lives? Instead, we dedicate our time to nagging them, to being frustrating to them. Let's pray instead. Let's seek the Lord instead. Demand and hold with iron grasp the best hours of the day for God in prayer. Uh, Brother Branham says this, what we need today is get away from that kind of stuff and back to the Holy Ghost back to the power of God, back to the old-fashioned prayer meeting, back to the all-night prayer meetings and praying, and staying until we're dead to self. That's what we need. From the sermon, Where is Thy Strength Gone, Samson, in 1959. We'll just close with this. I feel this is important. Brother Branham making a call to the people, and I want to make a call to you. Don't just listen to this and say, Ah, that's nice. What a, what a good ideal, what a nice message. No, take this to your heart. Brother Branham says, but would you raise your hand then? Say, Brother Branham, I'm just playing the part of hypocrisy. I go to church, but when it really comes to being born again, I just join church. 
I really don't know Christ. I still love the world as much as I ever did. I just, oh, I enjoy going, listening at a message or something, but it really comes to taking time and loving to go out and spend them hours in prayer with Him and commune with Him, remembering Him. I don't do that. I don't even have the desire to do it. I know them, Brother Branham. I can't be right and have that kind of a feeling. So I'm raising my hand to God. Be merciful to me. Raise your hand. Be honest with it. That's right. God bless you. That's right. Yes, sir. Lord bless you. Amen. That's from the sermon, Remembering the Lord. Do you have? Do you even have the desire to spend those hours in prayer, remembering the Lord, seeking His face, communing with Him? If you don't have that desire, that's okay. Just admit it. Admit it in prayer. Admit it right now. Say, Lord, I don't even have that desire, but I, I want you. Would you change me? Would you work in me? Would you transform me? That I would have a desire and thirst for you, that it would lead me to more hours and time and prayer on a daily basis. Let's pray. Father, we just come to you now, Lord. Pray for each one listening in, and that will listen in in the future. I pray that you would use this, and this would be a turning point in their lives, that they would go from living below their privileges, that they would they, they would rise up and begin to take the things that you have promised to us and live in them. May each one use Jesus Christ as their example to spend those hours and that time in prayer, to even to even schedule their lives in such a way where they can go out and spend a whole night or a whole day in prayer, or even take the time away and spend a whole week in prayer and scripture reading and seeking your face, Lord. Help us to order our lives in this way. We give, give ourselves to you for your glory, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. If you have any prayer requests, any uh, testimonies, or any questions, please let us know. Uh, we sure appreciate that. And may the Lord richly bless you.